Welcome to iFollow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 79 of I4O. Uh, we are rapidly approaching the holiday season, so I don't know where we'll be next year, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, the next time we have a show will be right at New Year's. <laughs> um, so that'll be the New Year's extravaganza. But, oh, yeah. We're yeah. going to have that. Oh, yeah. That's the 31st, so I don't know. We'll have to get to, or the 30th. We'll have to get together and talk about that one offline. I like totally just realized that that it's like <laughs> that right after. We have Christmas. one one more show before before 2019. Yeah, 2018 was a solid year for us. We had yeah. some really ridiculous stuff that happened this year in tech. Um, more ridiculous than I would like to admit, actually, and more that I would prefer. I'd rather we have some normal news, but. Um, normal What's <laughs> nothing's normal in tech no ever um that's being generous uh but yeah so um this is one of the last shows of the year and we have some interesting stories one of which that i can't believe we forgot to report about earlier but i think we need to at least get our hot takes on it before the year is over um so without further ado i think we should roll for we should roll straight into it um so the first topic for the week and as i still work on my first coffee so um is that apple's bengate 2.0 or is it 3.0 i put 2.0 but it <laughs> has there been more than one bengate um i put uh, bengate 2 on the episode title but if we want to <laughs> wait a second I no can... i i i honestly don't know there's been I feel like there's been more than two. I just put two because it's just a, it sounded good. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, iPad Pros are bending, and Apple's like, no, it's it's all good. Just, just <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's it's within spec. Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to their their head of uh, manufacturing, the the engineering. Um, um. So yeah, more and more people have noticed. I noticed this earlier on, in uh, on the iPad Reddit thread. Um, cause I, I, as soon as I got the new iPad pros, I, I subscribed to it cause I wanted to follow what other people were, uh, talking about just in iPads in general and tips mm-hmm. and tricks and whatever. Um, and a couple people like early on, like the first week of launch or the week that we got it, um, th- there was a guy on there who's like, I've exchanged five different iPads and they all came slightly, you know, curved or, or just slight, slight bend to them. I, that system. was my first thought when I first unboxed that device was just like oh my god this is insanely thin how is this like this I, I was worried about it bending over the course of its life and then there was a video by Jerry Rig everything and he just took it and snapped it like a piece of twig mm-hmm. um uh so there's been some 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 things around the iPad bending in general um but now it's it, it looks like it's more or I, at least the big news outlets picked it up, picked it up uh, where they've seen um, more and more complaints uh, from people. Yeah. About and, and if you look at some of these pictures, it looks noticeably, you know, bent um, and makes you think that maybe there's some kind of um, defect. Is it too thin, right? It, did they, it's did they very thin. Too, they, did they go too far? 
there's so much i mean right so, like has apple gone too far tune in next time they're always been touting like oh it's the thinnest device ever but who really looks at that spec it's like oh my god i want the thinnest device that's never maybe, been a stat that i can admit that i've cared a, about a thicker device with more battery it's not like the, the ipad has bad battery life at all yeah <laughs> but if it was like an iphone that for their phones they they always tap oh this the, the thinnest iphone ever made i don't care i put it in a case anyway yeah it's gonna get thicker yeah no and oh. i would i think a lot of people would rather a slightly thicker device with a better battery or even a smaller form factor device with yeah. a bigger battery because now that we're now that we're able to push the bezels out you could argue that you could make phones smaller again and having a smaller fat little like nokia shaped phone i think some people would like even if it had the full smart screen touch capabilities of a regular iphone but um so yeah it's 0 0.4 millimeters for its flatness um and it's tighter than previous generations and it's um not gonna change for the life of its device but apple yeah basically like more or less was like yeah it's possible <laughs> Yeah, but they they're, they blame it on their manufacturing process. Apparently, they heat the metal up, and then when it cools down, there's a chance that it the bend forms, which makes sense if you know how metal works. Yeah, <laughs> so, it just seems chances. like it just yeah. seems like a lazy way to write it off. They're like, "Hey, your devices have a problem where they bend," and Apple's just like, "Yeah, it can happen." <laughs> like, there's no recourse for it, and. The only solution is to replace it or deal with a bent device, especially when these devices um, get upwards of and north of $1,000. I feel like the justification for somebody who wants to have one of these devices, I feel like they they should be perfectly within their reason to expect it not to come bent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for sure. I, I think that uh, I think Apple needs to kind of get itself under control here with pushing the limits and it's courage it's too courageous <laughs> too courageous yeah. um, they're trying to start the curved screen thing before samsung does <laughs> this is how they do it this it is. is how they get to the market with the curved tablet before anyone else mm -hmm. it's like those curved gaming monitors um so like... they should have taken the angle of oh it's meant to sort of surround you with the giant screen on the 12.9 instead of oh no it's within our spec it's like oh it's by design yeah it's supposed to envelop you <laughs> it's an immersive experience <laughs> they should have gone with that angle that was their mistake i think yeah i really if that's the case i'd have probably bought a second one <laughs> <laughs> then you can just do a full 360 <laughs> then so much just, just surround your, surround yourself with ipads i like that surrounded by ipads yeah <laughs> you use the built-in uh um bend to help that curvature yeah and I, I love the the verge article that i have up on the screen app where you said apple vp says the 2018 ipad pros meets or exceeds quality and flatness standards Maybe like, you need to adjust your flatness standards there. Exactly. Like that sounds that almost sounds like something like the president would tweet or something to avoid going like too political. Just like this exceeds our standards of this is the flattest device ever. Well, you're talking about our president? Maybe. <laughs> um but yeah, he I just uh, I don't oh, know. Oh man. 
Yeah, it's kind of, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's such an expensive device. It's right for people to be sort of upset when they take out this really nice tablet out of the box. And I was like, oh my God, it's bent. Um, and, you know, people um, will have the right to be upset about that. People are uh, upset sure. about the iPhone because the speaker grills on the bottom are no longer symmetrical. <laughs> so, like, what do you think they're going to say when um, they buy this tablet and it's bent? Yeah. Like this is the company that is arguably the most heavily scrutinized of all hardware companies when it comes to their product releases. People like things as small as this and the fact that we're not even sure if it's Bengate two or Bengate three, I think is testament to um just and how much scrutiny this company faces, whether warranted or not. Um, I think they have a standard they need to uphold um, in summary that I feel like is something that they kind of dropped the ball on for more, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, and it, from what I've seen, like, especially in the Jerry rig, everything, I think the issue is in that where the uh, Apple Pencil charges, because the metal there, like that section is all plastic because it has to let the wireless charging through. Yeah. So it's like the metal there is so thin. That's how Jerry, uh, Zach from Jerry Ray could bend it so easily. Because mm-hmm. there's no sort of anything metal to hold it there. Yeah. And also, like, most people probably won't notice this. Like, it seems like it's very minor. Yeah. Like, who holds their iPad or puts it on a flat, like, perfectly flat surface and notices, like, oh. And then it's even less noticeable because you have the camera bump on it and i feel like a lot of people are going to take this device and stick it in a case and it'll never be noticeable ever again so either way um it's still a once problem. you know once you know it's there you'll never unsee it yeah and now you're gonna have a bunch of people checking the flatness of their devices putting like i can just picture like this christmas when people are un- opening up their new ipads like you also get shipped a free level with it just to kind of run it along the <laughs> ipad to make sure that it's perfectly flat <laughs> oh man but it's an apple designed level so it's, it, it meets their st- lines their guidelines and it fits in perfectly with the bend of the ipad so you just think it's flat but it's actually yeah. not it fits their flatness standards Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my god it's a good way to start off the show (laughs) um so this is another interesting topic that comes from TechCrunch. um so uh, there's no way to transition into this from the other topic so i'm just gonna go ahead and just roll into it but the uk airport is restarting some of its flights after a drone shutdown chaos Uh, This is a very difficult title to read for an article, but um, their second busiest airport, Gatwick, reopened the runway after a shutdown triggered after drones were repeatedly spotted flying nearby. Um, So this has become, I think we've seen stuff like this reported in the past where um, events have been shut down or airport terminals have been shut down just because of uh, drones flying in the area. Um, or people flying drones too close to um, airports or to private events or spaces and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, they, it's a, 
Okay. Yeah, I was going to say that, that drones are becoming more and more accessible to, you know, everyday people. And yeah, you're officially, well, in the U.S. anyway, you have to register with the FCC, um, right? No, the FAA, sorry. <laughs> FAA, yeah. uh, if you have a drone over a certain size and uh, depending on the drone type, it, it's the software sophisticated enough, it'll actually restrict you in certain locations from, mm -hmm. a, from ever taking off. Um, but if you're using some kind of homemade one, right, you just take off wherever there's no control over that um, and start flying it towards uh, airports. It's it's kind of, you know, it's and these these kind of parts that you can DIY some kind of drone together is becoming more and more accessible uh, to to people. And there are, yeah, I think some something needs to happen a more serious sort of punishment uh, i'm sure these guys whoever they are um will be um, dealt with accordingly they're trying to uh, find them they can't find yeah, them yeah but it's, again it's also one of the problems it's hard to track um you get yeah, a triangle can... i've seen devices where uh i think djm makes one that's uh, they that airports can buy that actually uh scans the air for uh signals coming but they only works on dji drones Mm -hmm. uh, and it actually looks up the serial number uh, and what ser and who that serial number is tied to, like who registered that drone with that serial number and it actually shows the name of the person if they're flying near an airport so they can actually know who it is. But again, it only works on DJI drones. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of limited because there's other drone. I mean, DJI is one of the bigger ones, but there's other ones out there. Again, plus those homemade ones. Yeah. I say homemade, but you can buy all the parts in hobby shops online everywhere, mm -hmm. and you can create one. We we have a friend, mutual friend, who does that, um, uh, and yeah, they're really awesome. But nothing on that is controlled by anyone, right? No. You put your own software on there. You buy all the parts separately. How you to track those? Yeah, and like it's one of those things where it's something that is new, so you're gonna see a lot of these. Um, like incidents that happen around airports and stuff because it is impossible to control. There is no way to know exactly what's going on unless you, unless you restrict foot traffic to the airport within or like the range, the max range of the drone signal. So that way you physically can't get people close enough to the airport to fly a drone in there. Like, but then again, the it's another... I mean, the latest DJI drones can go like five miles. Yeah. Some people Without... live five miles from an airport. Right. So, yeah, it's that's tough. Like, I don't think there's like a, a there's one answer to this. I think it's something that needs to be resolved industry wide or through some kind of law or something like that, where um, airports have the ability to shut down drones um, that are flying around because this could be an actual like national security issue because like what if like a like a government official from another country was coming in and someone flies a drone into the engine of their plane while they're landing or something like that like in an yeah. attempt to like assassinate this person or do something like that like it's a it's an actual threat to them and i think it's something that uh it's not going to be done through the companies. I'm pretty sure this is going to have to be resolved in the legislative legislative level where like the firmware for these drones has to also have something that allows airports to easily detect these things. 
when they enter their airspace. And yeah. I think this isn't going to be the last time we hear about this, especially at this time of year when a lot of people are going to be gifted drones for Christmas. So I think this usually does kind of spike once a year where uh, drones um, used in illegal areas tend to spike up as people get them for Christmas and want to have fun with them and then take them somewhere where they really shouldn't be flying them. And next thing you know, you have this huge problem. So this probably isn't going to be the last time we hear about this. Um, maybe like no. even yeah. this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, speaking of pilots not located in the vehicle from which they are operating, um, Zooks, not to be confused with the dating app service Zoosk, um, <laughs> they get a permit to transport passengers in California. And I believe this is the first company, yeah, the first one permitted to actually transport people in um, driverless vehicles in California. So. It's a major shift in policy from what we have seen in previous um, previous reportings where a lot of these companies just end up going to Arizona and driving around people in Phoenix. Um, looks like Zooks is going to be the first one to um, get through California's legislation and participate in the state's autonomous vehicle passenger service pilot. So, um, I feel like there's so many startups that are doing... Um, self-driving cars now yeah kind of ridiculous more and more are popping up of course there's the big ones like waymo i think waymo is the biggest one um and then of course uber and lyft are, are in this game uh but there's so many other smaller ones i feel like they're gonna be just gobbled up i think yeah. that might be their plan to be gobbled up like waymo or someone i feel like that's um, the goal of most startups it's true right to be acquired at some point yeah uh or yeah I mean, it's great that um, they're all playing in this game because I think more and more, the more resources you put at a problem, the faster it'll get solved. And mm. they're all really working towards solving this self-driving car problem, um, making it safer than humans because uh, humans are, are just terrible drivers. Um, yeah. The, the This company sounds nice, though. Their, their approach to this um, sounds better than most. So... They aim to commercially deploy autonomous vehicles by 2020 in the form of its own ride-hailing service. So there's going to probably be an app associated with this, and it's all going to be in-house. And the cars themselves are going to be fully electric as well as autonomous. So they're thinking ahead and going with a green solution. So instead of having these diesel engines or car, their cars driving around that need gas, they're going to be able to eventually maybe charge themselves and redeploy themselves all without any kind of human intervention um so the because you were saying some of the bigger people like waymo uber apparently lyft is working on autonomous vehicles as well um but their permit with the cpuc is good until december 21st 2021 and the CPUC is the California Public Utilities Commission. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, I just learned that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for some background, they have two pilot programs. One is for passenger testing with a safety driver, and the other one is for without a safety driver. Um, this is some good news, though. 
self-driving cars are making their way into bigger states and usually once things become good for california they'll start to expand into other states as well yeah um i would like to see a self-driving car handle philadelphia roads and whether yes. um because if a car can drive in philadelphia they can drive anywhere <laughs> <laughs> should be like the ultimate test yeah just potholes and crazy yeah. stuff everywhere um yeah so good luck to them um if i'm ever in california between 2020 and december 21st 2021 i'll have to give it a shot have our first episode from the back seat of a zooks car <laughs> that'd be fun it would <laughs> i would like that um but let me shift gears to the next topic um this is something that i would not find fun and don't find fun a uh, man has recently begun suing the feds after being detained for refusing to un for refusing to unlock his phone at the airport um so this seems to be a mix of both racial profiling as well as um overstepping boundaries by airport security so the man i'm probably going to butcher his name uh Hussein el shikawi i believe um he was yelling for people to please call a lawyer for him while he was being drugged away by air force or airport security at uh, LAX. Um, so he, this is like one of the scarier things too. He cleared security checkpoint. Um, he's an American citizen. He was pulled aside from uh, the Turkish airlines boarding line by a customs and border protection officer who began questioning him about how much cash he was carrying and where he was going. Um, he complied with their initial inquiries and dutifully followed him to a nearby table. And he was, for anybody who um, wants the background on where he was going, he was traveling to Saudi Arabia to go on the Hajj, which is the Muslim religious pilgrimage to Mecca. Um, so he was, it was for a religious purpose. So he was traveling and um, they quest the questioning continued and became increasingly aggressive. He asked if there was a problem and whether he needed an attorney. And then the officer accused him of hiding something because he have his request for an attorney which i think i i hate that because it's perfectly within their rights to ask for an attorney for anybody yeah. at any point you can ask if you're being detained or arrested and if you don't want to speak you can wait to see an attorney and i think and like this kudos to this guy for exercising all of his rights as a citizen yeah in order to push this as far as it went because it this is like I wish I could say that's where it ended and they were like oh okay um, it eventually tapered off and he went home but no so he said um, soon after another agent officer began searching his pockets and discovered his phone and asked him to unlock it which he declined to do and then he refused to answer further questions um, another officer told him that he was not under arrest and as such had no right to an attorney at which point he asked to be released which is great yeah, uh, he's like I'm not under arrest, so let me go. Um, yeah, so, so I'm I'm free to leave then, right? Yeah, and apparently he wasn't because they um, began rifling through his carry-on bag, uh, asked for his phone to make a call, 
and saying that he had an attitude, quote, was obviously racist and had a problem with the uniform of CBP officers. Um, this is, like, probably, like, the worst, like, all the guides on what not to do if you're an Air Force security officer. Um, he was taken, they took him into an elevator, and at which point he began to fear for his safety because he's not under arrest, he's being drugged away by officers, and they're angry at him. And he started yelling for flight attendants to please call a lawyer, um, taken to an elevator, and then the elevator gets to another floor, and as soon as the door is open, he starts yelling, someone help. They said, I'm not under arrest, even though I'm handcuffed, they're taking me somewhere I don't know, and they're not, they're not letting me have a lawyer. Um... So this is like I read this article last week, and this is like actually terrifying. <laughs> yeah, like I don't like this. This this seems like a um, it, hopefully it's a rare occurrence, um, but a lot of people believe that his phone was imaged, which I think is still illegal because he wasn't under arrest. He was not given access to a lawyer. And I feel like you can only do that if you have a search warrant. So, um, they found some USB sticks containing data copied from electronic devices uh, that had not been deleted after the searches were completed. Um, they were saying that according to CBP's own figures sent to Ars Technica in March 2017, the agency searched nearly 24,000 devices during the fiscal year of 2016 up nearly 5,000 a year earlier. Um, 2017 reached more than 29,000 inbound travelers, um, but they're saying that these are rare. I don't know if 29,000 people is what I would call rare. <laughs> I wouldn't exactly call that rare, but... I mean, um, I mean, specifically speaking, yeah, sure, you can call it rare, but that's still a lot of people. And that's only inbound. That's not, yeah. out, that's not inbound and outbound. So there's no numbers officially on how many were searched that were outbound. Um, so, yeah, and I was I was saying this to you before the show started, but I I travel a lot and and I've gotten good at sort of locking my phone so that the uh, biometric uh, scanning doesn't work for yeah. face ID. You know, if you have touch ID or fingerprint sensor. Um, there's an easy way to turn that off and you have to add their pin to get into a phone. And if I ever got into a situation, I wouldn't let anyone go into it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have anything to hide, but I just, no, you're not getting into any of my devices. It's perfectly within um, your rights to yeah. do that. And um, it's something that like, and I think it's ridiculous that they're using these like aggression tactics and most people are probably going to comply because it's not worth the effort for them. They have to be somewhere. They don't want to miss their flight. Like you're, you're in an airport. You're not trying, you're not, you're not ready to hang out there for a few days. So yeah. a lot of people are like just going to comply with this just so they can go about their day and get to work or do whatever they need to do. But, um, I think more people need to start doing this because there needs to be a precedent set that you can't just like strong arm people into getting into your device. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. There's people have to be aware of their rights and what they can't, and can't allow. Yeah. Uh, they shouldn't allow um, just because they're, they can't border patrol agents can't just use scare tactics to just let people uh, hand over all this, stuff um 
Um, and that's what they're doing. They're they're doing exactly that. They're using yeah. secure time. And they'll be like, oh, we're not doing this for you. We're doing this so we can catch the bad guys. We're protecting the country. Yeah. How? How? I'm yeah. not. Also, he's yeah. outbound. He's already in the country. What are they protecting? He's leaving. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I don't. I it's it's an interesting situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more people do need to exercise their rights to not be searched at an airport in this way, unless there is the legal steps taken on their end in order to make sure that it's done in a way that is not blatantly illegal like this. Um, if either you have a lawyer or um, they have a search warrant or something like that, then then it's one thing, but if they're just kind of pulling a guy aside and, and my guess is that just because of the background of this whole situation, this seems like it also may have had a bit of racial profiling involved as well. So, um, I hope this guy, um, does well in his lawsuit. I feel like he's going to win this because <laughs> this is pretty bad. So, yeah, um, especially the fact that like, oh, am I under arrest? No. Then they are like, why are you putting me in handcuffs? Why are you dragging me all the way? I was like, yeah, you can't do that to someone when they're not under arrest. Yeah. Like if they if they are under arrest, yeah, just arrest them. Yeah. Like just just say that. Yeah. Um, but if you're saying you're not under arrest, but you also can't leave, then you're technically are under arrest. I, yeah. You're not allowed I'm like, to oh, go anywhere. So I'm actually just being kidnapped. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, man. <laughs> oh, what a world we live in. I, I, I've seen this video um, a whole bunch of times, and uh, we can link it in the show notes if we want. But uh, this, this, um, lawyer uh, gave this talk at, at a at a school at a, at a university um on, on things uh, why you should never say anything to any law enforcement officer ever like don't even say anything just just say i need a lawyer mm-hmm. kind of a lawyer like don't because they'll use anything against you in their argument to do whatever they want yeah even though you are completely innocent you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and you're accused of doing something don't it doesn't matter if you didn't do anything first thing you do is just i need a lawyer yeah you don't say a word mm-hmm. it's a really good great video of yeah. going through all these situations the like oh yeah it, it was just in the area it wasn't there wasn't that it wasn't involved and it's like no even that could be used against you yeah. literally anything you say Oh my god! Yeah, put that in the show notes. That would be. Yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah, it, it, it cycles through Reddit from like once a year or so. Yeah, like it goes into like the top of of the video section on Reddit <laughs> every year or so. Whenever like these big news stories come out of people uh, just being wrongly accused just because they said something or, yeah, they just you know a reoccurring thing on Reddit that jumps up every time that happens. Yeah, link that. I'd be interested in watching that. And I think mm-hmm. some of our viewers may be interested in that as well. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm not interested in is Australia's anti-encryption bill. Um, so this is uh, incredibly dangerous and poorly thought out. Um, so this bill is, uh, this is the article that I can't believe we missed. And I went back through our show notes like dumbfounded that we hadn't talked about this for the entire month of December. And 
I feel like no better way to roll into the holiday season than to t- discuss one of the worst bills that I've seen come out in a long time. So um, I haven't read up on this bill in terms of if it's actually expected to get all the way through, but from the looks of it, it, it will because it has bipartisan support from the the entire uh, government body. I don't know if it's a parliament or if it's just Congress, um, but it is very controversial, and it's uh, it became another step closer to law as of the 6th of December, um, when in the legislation they struck a deal to pass this. So the... This bill, in short, grants Australia police greater powers to issue technical notices, which is a nice way of forcing companies, even websites, of operating in Australia to help the government hack, implant malware, undermine encryption, or insert back doors at the behest of the government. Um, And if they refuse, they could face financial penalties. Um, And, of course, as most bills and... Um, things that come through from any well-meaning government, they say that this is only meant to target serious criminals, sex offenders, terrorists, homicide, and drug offenses. That's um, not how it works, Australia. That's not how it works at all. <laughs> Once you open Pandora's box, it's... Oh, my God. And then also on top of that, they could be like, well, we, we could we could see a reason to get into this guy's phone, or like right, this guy right. may be... Like, and I think the term... like terrorist is a very vague term um, because that could be misconstrued even as someone who doesn't agree with the government and is an activist like just someone who's protesting even if it's peacefully the government could just label these people as terrorists because they're just inciting terror Um, so it could be abused very easily even if it's only meant to target people who are actually criminals how do you define that and Australia seems to think that if you just simply place a backdoor in encryption, that's going to be enough for them. And they can only Australia has the key to this backdoor. They're never going to lose it. And that's how that works. But uh, like you said, no, Australia, that's not how that works at all. Um, Especially because every instance that I think that we've heard of where government or a body has been issued a backdoor into a service they have lost the key they have lost access to it or other people have been found out to be getting access to it right some nefarious internal you know employee who has that access to government employee who has access to that key could you know pretty much access anyone's phone within australia yeah right it's it's quite dangerous and i think this is like uh I mean, more and more people are using encrypted ways of communicating, which freaks the government out because they can't monitor it, right? I understand their viewpoint. They want to protect the country. They want to see bad guys talking about potential threats or whatever they might be planning. I get that point of view, but this isn't the solution for it. No. We need to find something better um, because this compromises the security of everyone, which isn't the right solution at all. Yeah, um, those conversations are going to happen anyway, whether it's over a text message or in person. So the bad guys are just going to find another way around this, or the bad guys just flat out aren't going to follow this and use services that still fully encrypt end-to-end their communications. Because uh, as Australia may be surprised to learn, 
uh, end-to-end encryption is simply just math. And those calculations are well-known and well-documented. So literally anybody with a programming background can develop a program that encrypts anything. So the fact that they think that this is going to stop that kind of stuff is ridiculous. All it's going to do is take the good encryption from the good guys and give it only to the bad actors because they're not going to stop at all. And who's to say that they're not using their own programs anyway? Stuff that is going to fly under the radar because guess what? It's encrypted. (laughs) They're not going to be like, oh yeah, they're using WhatsApp. They're not going to talk about their plans to attack people over Snapchat. Like they're going to do it their own way. And it's, it's ridiculous. And the fact that it's being drafted by a bunch of people who have no idea what end-to-end encryption is or how it works is testament to how effective this is going to be in the future for them. Yeah. Like, it's just... I don't understand. They There is a... They're trying to get it passed before Christmas as well, despite more than 15,000 submissions to a public consultation largely decrying the bill's content. Um, and the... They... The tech community, even over here as well, have slammed this bill. Apple is calling it dangerously ambiguous. Uh, Cisco and Mozilla joined a chorus of other firms calling for them to dial back the provisions. Um, So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these companies just flat out like leave Australia, just pull out entirely. And I wouldn't be surprised if, especially like, I'm pretty sure Australia isn't where isn't a gold mine for Apple when it comes to selling products and being very um, just uh, I'm pretty sure it's not their number one selling country no like it's not no, gonna it's not. it's not gonna damage their bottom line that much if they have to leave because I'm sure I'm, I can guarantee you a lot of these com- these companies that operate well, in yeah. Australia are dancing with that idea they're as, especially out for for sure Apple and Mozilla and yeah they're, they're, they're not gonna comply with these at no, all no. Um, they're not and the also the thing that worries me the most about this is that it sets a precedent for other countries to try to do the same thing and uh, I'm wondering if that we we may see a similar bill pop up in the United States because we've seen some attempt to come up, but they've been taken out pretty quickly. Um, but this is only the beginning, I think, for for this. Um, so we've seen stuff in European law, um, but they. It says near identical powers proposed by Australia's draft bill, much in the UK shadows, however, aren't covered under European law and are likely to escape any international legal challenge. And saying that Australia is likely to pass its bill, but when remains a mystery. Um, the government has to call an election in less than six months, putting the anti-encryption law on a timer. So we're, this is definitely, I feel like this is going to be like a full episode at one point <laughs> talking about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. You just got really red. <laughs> I'm just looking at something red. Ah, okay. It That's got, why. It got it's very, very red. 
<laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm Urban just became with a rage. Yeah. It's rage that's <laughs> going through my veins about this law. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a reflection of, of how I feel internally at the moment. <laughs> just visualized for mm -hmm. all the same. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> but yeah, I... I, but so I, I'm thinking, like, what is the solution? For these governments to to keep to keep us safe. And Not I, this. I, yes, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, I don't. Obviously, I, just, I I don't know. I don't think it's something. That I, I think they're approaching this from the wrong angle. Yeah. Like I think there needs to be something not through monitoring their communications, but through just taking a like using the investigative measures that they already have and putting more resources into those instead of trying to make up this new thing which is expected to be a panacea uh like a, like a cure-all for yeah. is it a panacea i don't know how you say it no but, yeah um, panacea. yeah it's like they're not expecting they're expecting this new thing to be the end-all be-all but all it's going to do is just give them far-reaching powers and reduce the overall encryption quality of everything we do online and for those people who may not be a hundred percent familiar with end-to-end -end encryption um other things that utilize end-to-end -end encryption are things such as um, browsing websites, the private information stored on those websites such as your password, um, your email, social security number on websites such as like financial institutions as well as your um, even something as simple as like your credit cards website or something like that. Um, there's another one. iMessage, if you use that. iMessage, credit card numbers, yeah. Venmo, like literally anything that you don't want to share with somebody is encrypted on the internet. If you go onto yeah. a website and you see that green check, the green lock, that website is using encryption to protect you. Yeah. And once you give a backdoor to the government, you can safely assume that any hacker on the internet will also have that same backdoor because nothing yeah. is foolproof. Yeah. Um, so as long as soon as you put a door with a lock on it, someone's gonna pick it. If there's no door and there's no lock, then it's impossible to pick that. Yeah. And there was. <laughs> I think um, that's a good analogy. It is. Like it, and there are ways to get around this. Um, like there are ways where it's feasible, but I would say the only and this is a a really interesting thing brought up on uh, the show Security Now on the twit network um steve gibson was saying that basically the only instance where this would work would be in an apple like situation where the company owns the entire stack of the product mm -hmm. um where say for example apple could have like an id like one uh like generated string per device which allows you to unlock and have access to all the information on that device um, and the only reason why that would work is because Apple has the entire stack of that device in-house. Um, yeah. it's an interesting, um, interesting thing that the discussion they had, it was like a few weeks ago. Um, but it's for company, for, for companies that don't own everything, like basically anybody using Android or, um, anybody using any kind of open source operating system that's not possible so there needs to be a better solution thought up and not just one that's literally being rushed through a congress in order to get this passed because 
they want back doors. So, I think time, like, the one thing that these builds, these bills need is time put into them. A lot of time, a lot of expert opinions brought in from various places, and a lot of important conversations need to happen around that, so... I don't know. This is definitely not the last we've seen of this, and the second I hear more about it, it we'll definitely have a show talking about it. Oh, um, yeah. For sure. And we'll find out if everybody leaves Australia or not. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but with that, that brings us perfectly into the end of our episode, unless you had any more closing points about this. Um, I don't know if you did or not. No. No? Okay. Um, but yeah, so that is episode 79. Um, if you guys are interested in checking out what we do, uh, we have this weekly podcast back to Sundays, finally, Sunday mornings. Um, we air once a week, every Sunday, uh, typically in the morning when possible, but we have been known to be flexible before in the past. (laughs) Um, uh, we usually tweet out when these shows are going live, but this week has been insane, so this is a bit of a surprise episode to anybody who thought we weren't going to put one out this week. Um, and if, like I was saying, if you do want to get in touch with us, follow us on Twitter at Industry40, all spelled out. Um, we're also available on Facebook as well, where our episodes get published in video form. Um, and Instagram, if you want to check out an Instagram page that hasn't been updated in a very long time. um but if you're not listening to us via the podcast you can also log into twitch and check us out live as we do our show like i said once a week sunday um but if you want to listen to us after the fact basically anywhere that you can find a podcast you can find us you can find us on itunes stitcher spotify um tune in radio um, we're available on Pocket Casts. We're available on Overcast. Anywhere, anywhere you can pull. A, a Even your from. smart devices. Yeah, tell smart. your Google Home that you got you got for Christmas, or your um, Echo, Echo, or I don't know if you can probably do it with the HomePod too. So interesting. Yeah, I think it leverages Apple Podcasts, but I don't. Yeah. Have, I don't have either of those to confirm. So, um, but yeah, so check us out. <laughs> we're everywhere. <laughs> and nowhere at the same time because we don't have a studio <laughs> yes yeah yet i would like to do a couple in-person shows at one point but yeah in 2019 i think we should put that on the list for for that's our uh, new year's resolution new year's resolution yeah for yeah. the show yeah <laughs> and we'll talk new year's resolutions uh next time we have an episode hopefully we can get one out before the end of the year with, with all of our busy schedules but um if not we will definitely have some good content do a for prediction you show for the new year a what prediction show for 2019 in terms of tech i like that yeah i like that um we can play around though with that uh yeah show, but... more news on that on twitter so yeah keep an eye out on our next episode but with that being said also it's episode 80 next time so it's a special number um yeah we (laughs) so all right with that being said this has been episode 79 and we will see you guys in the next one this year or next